Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really, what's going on with government is all of our business. Whether or not we uh, take action or, or be a part, we're being affected by it. And uh, one of my favorite people to talk to about government on all levels is my guest this segment, Lee Kaplan, and he's with the law firm of Spizer, Kaplan, and Veselka. But he is my uh, go-to guy when it comes to uh, policy and politics on all levels. We talk about everything from international to national to uh, state and the various levels of local. And local government is always a lot of fun and very interesting. Uh, Lee, uh, right now, you know, you've got your own, you're right in the middle of it. You and I have been talking about these issues for quite some time. And now you're in the middle of the issues, um, and a lot of our listeners are taking notice of it and asking about you and, uh, and the fact that you're running for mayor. Talk a little bit about your candidacy and also your website to get more information. Well, the website is kaplanforhoustonmayor.com. It has a short biography. It's got a discussion of, of some of the key issues and it's got a short video. I think people can learn something about me from looking at the website. I'll say this. It's authentically Kaplan. So people can find out some things about me or at least enough to ask more questions from looking at the website. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, what I, what I have done in campaigning is primarily, so far, learning more about parts of the city that I've spent less time in and discerning what people believe are the real issues. Now, in general, what people tell me is what I anticipated uh, learning, which is people care the most or are most concerned about crime that they think infrastructure, i.e. congestion and flooding, are the next most important issues. Um, they care a lot about corruption uh, because the, that was front and center in the county race. They care a lot about homelessness, and they care about just the city working right. The overarching issue is accountability, that when you deal with the city, you will, you will feel confident that the city is going to handle things competently and not incompetently mm -hmm. and not with excuses or worse, inaction and no feedback. So those are yeah. the big issues. That's what we expected, and it turned out, you know, that that was the case. Uh, if we look at crime, one thing that's concerned me is we have half as many police officers per capita as Chicago and New York, not to mention uh, somewhat lack of coordination. But we've got 650 square miles to patrol in the city alone. And the number of times that I've heard people say, I haven't seen a police officer in my neighborhood in forever. Uh, yeah. that's, that happens all the time. That's what I hear more than anything else. I just never see a police officer, and yeah. that's a, a problem. So I have a friend of mine who is a police officer who told me, that uh, and he's he's not he's like he's a captain so he knows a lot about what happens and he said you know at, at any given time the span of territory between uh, 59 and 290 and between Beltway 8 and 610 now for those who don't live in Houston just check out a map and you'll see that is a huge area 
He says there's never more than uh, half a dozen patrol cars in that area just patrolling. That is right. unbelievable. Well, if you take, take 5,000 officers and divide them by the shifts and divide them further by the fact that officers don't work seven days a week, but five days a week unless they have overtime, and divide that or diminish it by vacations, then you have far fewer officers on the street at any given time. And then you also have a number of what I guess I'd call in-house desk jobs, and I'm not saying that in any kind of dismissive or pejorative manner, but it's important. You've got arson investigators. You've got uh, uh, detectives pursuing long-term investigations. You've got internal affairs. There are something like 20-plus divisions in the police department. So when yep. you get finished with all that, there are very few people on the street in uniform on any given day or at any given hour. And uh, yep. that's something that we all notice. Um, and it's not just whether they're catching speeders on the freeway. It's whether people are are noticing police officers in their neighborhood. And I think most people want to see police officers in their neighborhood, and they don't see that to the extent they wish. Yeah, I think your number. I think your number one is number one with voters. I think we, uh, you know, saw in frankly in this last election, this midterm election, which was all about the federal offices. But what we saw uh, also was in uh, districts, congressional districts uh, that were traditionally Democrat, half a dozen on the West Coast that were traditionally Democrat. Uh, in fact, voted for Biden by more than twenty points in uh, two thousand twenty elected Republican congressman who ran on an anti-crime platform. Even if they're going to have very little impact in that area, they talked about how terrible the Democrats had done in that. And, of course, in, in, particularly in California, they were vulnerable because of a, of a uh, statewide referendum that was passed that really became soft in crime. And you saw San Francisco became, become the most utterly pounded by it. San Francisco is like a uh, dystopia, largely because of uh, the way they treat crime. Well, I can't speak to other cities. I think in this city, people do respect the police. They want the police to be present. I think the defund the police movement got nowhere in Houston, and that's not surprising, because most people respect and and appreciate and desire law enforcement especially in their own communities and that's mm -hmm. that cuts across all uh, racial and ethnic lines and all geographic lines i don't think yeah. there's any part of the city that says we don't want the cops here so that reflects yeah, the nationality that we'd expect if anything, uh, when you talk to minorities, the vast majority are law-abiding citizens. They are the most critical of governments that are soft on crime because they're the ones who are often being punished the most by where they live. Well, and, uh, and so there's and no question about it. Quite frankly, the wealthier neighborhoods can afford private patrols. They have alarm systems and lights and that sort of thing. The other parts of the city, which is the vast majority of the city, need law enforcement that is paid for by our city and by our taxes. Yeah. 
Talk to me so about uh, infrastructure. Thing. You know, with infrastructure and logistics, just the simple functioning of government, which, you know, second, that is really a second only to crime that people have uh, in terms of complaint about their local governments, I think. Just getting things done in a normal fashion. Well, most of us don't understand how infrastructure improvements really work. We certainly have divisions of authority between the city and the county, but if we're talking about fixing the roads or repairing them, we have a drainage fee that is supposed to help pay to repair the street surfaces and take care of the drainage underneath them. And at one point we had an oversight committee to make sure, or at least to tell everyone how much is being done. That oversight committee has been disbanded. The average citizen have little idea of how many street, how many street repairs are being accomplished. And I don't mean just filling in potholes, which is obviously the most visible part of it, but I mean repairing our entire system, which includes, in some cases, century-old sewer lines that have to be replaced and that run under the streets. And yeah. I don't know how much progress we're making on that. My impression is far less than was anticipated. And, of course, with inflation, every bit of materials and labor costs are higher than they were anticipated to be. And we can't get a lot of the things we need to repair the streets and what lies underneath them, at least not in a timely fashion. So government costs more. People get frustrated. Their frustration is understandable, but it's not clear that we'll be able to solve that problem anytime soon. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, there's no question about it that what happened in Jackson, Mississippi, what happened in uh, Flint, Michigan, uh, they are somewhat unique. I do think they've had uh, shabbier treatment when they were being built in the first place just because of, uh, of uh, where they were and that type of thing, and particularly in Jackson, maybe not so much in Flint. But those problems are systemic, and they're not – going to be local. I think those are going to be, uh, it's going to be a pandemic in those areas eventually because things simply wear out. And so much of this uh, infrastructure around sewage and plumbing and that type of thing for cities was built around the same time, Lee. Right. Well, you can never say we're going to fix something once and for all because it's never fixed forever. Things wear yeah. out and, and different parts of the city have older infrastructure and uh, sometimes the squeaky wheel, though, gets the grease, and sometimes the wealthier parts of town are squeakier because those are people who have the time to protest, to call up the city or the county and complain about how things are being done. So there's a, a natural inclination uh, to respond to complaints, and more of the complaints proportionally probably come from wealthier areas of the city. We've got to make the whole city work better. And that means yeah. going after the problems. This is like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. Once the crew finishes, they start back over again because the bridge yeah. always needs to be repainted. Same thing with what we do here. We've got to stay after it all the time. And any time that we slacken that effort, we fall further behind. 
Yeah, and I've read, you know, that 45, which is pretty famous, and it goes from here to the, you know, practically all the way to the very top of the nation, uh, has never ceased being worked on from the minute it was built. And uh, that's true for a lot of freeways. Absolutely. I mean, anybody yeah. who drives into downtown from the north side of town knows that Interstate 45 is dangerous and frightening in addition to having, you know, maintenance requirements. So, yeah. um, and we have to do that all all the time. And unfortunately, when you've got four governments involved, you've got um, the federal government, the state government, the county government, and the city all involved in Interstate 45, it's hard to get things done. And that's why it is. this is a controversy that's been ongoing. Lee Kaplan, always love having him on the program. We're going to talk about more uh, issues on future programs because, frankly, people are asking about it, and uh, Lee brings a lot to the table. Lee Kaplan, uh, again, give your, uh, your mayoral candidate uh, website. It's uh, kaplanforhoustonmayor.com. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.